And I've seen that happen so many times from people bringing the spouse that's not that interested in this to now by the fourth or fifth meeting, they're really engaged and happy that they started to come into these meetings. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Glad to have you on All Things Retirement. I am Ben George. He is Anthony Alfo. He's a certified financial planner and the founder of Cardinal Wealth Group. And you can visit him online at cardinalwg.com. Today, we're talking about shifting gears a little bit. We're going to focus specifically on women and some of the challenges that they face financially that are really unique to them versus men. But we'll also provide the men some guidance along the way. So if you are a man, you don't have to tune out now. There will be some help in this for you. And and, and nothing else, you can at least take some of these notes and pass them on to the woman in your life that's important to you. So let me welcome in Anthony now. See how you're doing, Anthony. How how you been, man? Good to talk to you. Hey, hey Ben. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Everything's going pretty well. Summer's flown by, and I can't believe we're kind of looking towards the end of you know, towards the third quarter, and pretty soon we'll be talking about Christmas. So it's uh, flying by. Seems like uh, February just happened uh, a few months ago. Yeah, I know it. It does, especially with everything going on. It's you know simultaneously really slow every day. You know, as you try to just parcel through all the headlines that are, you know, coming our way is left and right, and then you know also teams times flying by as we. Just try to pass it and get through this COVID thing where, you know, I think some areas are slowing down. I know you guys have been in pretty good shape for a little bit, at least compared to some other places around the country. So I'm glad to hear things are going well. And you got baseball back too up there as well. So I'm sure that's a good thing for the area, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's helped with a lot of sport fanatics out there with getting uh, basically uh, three back. And I guess we'll see about football be starting up right around the corner. Yeah, got to have your Eagles, right? That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, look, a couple things we want to get into first. We got a headline I want to get your opinion on. We're gonna have some mailbags later on, so make sure you stick around to the very end to hear a couple of good questions that came in from listeners that cover a variety of topics. But the first headline I want to get to you on, and I think this has been one of the positives this year is you know, the housing market's been very strong, but also interest rates have come down, which have benefited a lot of people. I know there's been a ton of people buying new homes or refinancing and with rates dropping below 3% for the first time ever, which is crazy on a 30-year mortgage, what's your opinion? Should we go buy a new house right now or should we refinance? Are these things we should be considering strongly? Well, I don't know that I would just go out and buy a house because the interest rates are low. Yeah, I think there's more to it in terms of whether that's something that you can afford. And with, uh, I guess, for some people, you know, the uncertainty of the job market you know, I, I would think that it doesn't hurt your argument, though, if you've been in the market to buy a house and that now is as good of a time really as ever from a financing standpoint. So, you know, for us, uh, I'll speak for myself. We actually recently refinanced because of how low they are. It, it just made mathematical sense for us to go through the process. And if anyone has a current mortgage, it, it, I don't think it hurts to look to see from a math standpoint, if it makes sense to refi, to either knock some years off or to lower your payment. And so that's that's what we did. We basically saved 30%. We were at like 4% on our previous mortgage, which you know, by most people's terms is good. We actually got it at like 2.75, our new one, and we knocked eight years off of our mortgage. So it, it awesome. made sense for me. So we, we took advantage of it. Is this something your clients are coming to you 
quite a bit on to figure out? Or do you have a lot of clients that have you know, already paid down their mortgage and aren't really thinking about it? Overall, most are towards the back end of the mortgage, but I certainly have the conversations with people that we not just talk to at the office, but just in general when, when we're talking about it. And certainly the interest rates and mortgage certainly comes up amongst our friends for sure, who are you know in that 35 to 40 year old range. So it definitely has been coming up over the last year for sure. So a good time to look into it to see if it fits your needs, but always talk to a financial professional. Have a plan in place for whatever decision you make. Uh, let's make sure it works out for you. But pretty cool to see rates so low and a lot of people taking advantage like yourself. Actually refinance as well. So uh, it's been a been a, a bright spot in 2020. Good for good for houses, not good for retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very good point. Very good point. Well, let's talk about some issues beyond that that face women, right? You know, there's we talk about issues all the time that that are really cover all of us, right? They're equal opportunity issues for us, but there's other challenges that are the very person to person because all of our situations are unique. So today. Let's take a look at some of the financial and retirement challenges that are unique to women. So when you think about women and when, you, when you're working with women, what level of engagement do you find most women have with that retirement planning process and their household, Anthony? I would say I'm actually very interested in this topic. One, it kind of hits home a little bit. So kind of grew up in that household where I don't know how much my mom was kind of plugged into all the, the finances per se from a financial planning standpoint. And I just find it unique in general to see when we meet new people and what that situation looks like. And I think that it's certainly mixed for sure. And, you know, which would range from a woman coming in as a spouse having zero interest at all of even being in the room there to on the other side of the spectrum having that person completely engaged in the entire process and even asking and or leading more of that discussion over her male counterpart spouse and then obviously somewhere in the middle but i i think that you do still hear a lot of times and i'm generalizing in this but something along the lines of whatever my spouse thinks they've been taking care of it for the last 20 or 30 years. I fully trust their judgment. Uh, you still see that a lot. And I think that just kind of comes from that, how things were handled in the past in a lot of households, which was pretty common. Again, generalizing, I think women have come a long way as it comes to being involved with finances or even being the main decision maker. But I think generalizing as a whole, maybe a little behind the curve, compared to their male counterpart, who I think generally still leads in the decision-making of finances overall at this point. Okay. I got you. Well, why is it that so many retired women right now are finding themselves in difficult financial situations? Why is that? You know, I don't know that I know that to be the case any more than maybe men, but I, I do think that maybe their biggest challenge at times if anything, would be to find somebody that they can speak with comfortably and that they can have an open dialogue with to address their concerns and that they can find somebody that can empathize with their, you know, their situation if it's tough or not. I think it's a lot of times it's intimidating, not just for a female, but also for a male to talk to a complete stranger about their finances, which is so personal 
at times it's even feels like that a lot of these advisor companies are, you know, kind of closed where they're not very welcoming at times. And I, I don't, I think most advisors are, you know, like anyone else, nice people at the end of the day, but I just think it's one of those things where it's money, it's personal and people feel embarrassed. And, and I actually would say in a lot of times that I've seen women maybe tend to feel like they're in a worse situation than they actually are and they're in, in an actual better situation. And then a lot of times it would be males, if anything, that would maybe be more of the opposite from a tendency standpoint of feeling like they're better off than maybe what they really are. And again, uh -huh. I'm, I'm generalizing in right. some of my own personal experiences here. But that's not to say that women don't get left in difficult situations because they generally are outliving their male counterparts for sure. And, and some of them can find themselves in some tough situations for sure. Well, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, that is, you know, one of the, the realities is women are living longer than men. And especially now everybody's living longer. But, you know, I think more often women are going to be become widowed more often than men. So what are some of those specific challenges that are going to face a widowed woman? Well, I would say that not knowing where all the assets are or what even assets that they actually have that they do own, what the passcodes are to those accounts for the assets that they do have, like where do they access them and how do they get logged in, who to call and where to start. If you haven't been a part of the process the entire time, it's going to be pretty difficult to know you know, where to get started and who to go to and, you know, who is the advisor. There's plenty of stories that I've heard where, you know, the spouse has handled that entire relationship for 20 or 30 years and they never met the other spouse. And of course, you know, what is the plan in case something like this happens? So if you're not running these types of scenarios or even a part of that process, it, it might be difficult to know what the plan is from this point on, you know, as it relates to, say social security or their pension strategy or what happens from a tax standpoint and required minimum distributions and beneficiary designations and estate planning. So, I mean, there's, there's certainly a lot there and, and those would be some of the ones that come to mind. Sounds like a lot of challenges facing uh, the widowed woman. So if you're concerned about that or just want to make sure everything's in order, get ahead of those things, you know, sit down with Anthony, our financial advisor, and start working those things out and kind of getting on the same page with your with your spouse. And you know, speaking of the spouse, let's throw some advice towards the husbands out there. And, you know, and I'll, I'll listen too. As a husband, I'll, I'll take your <laughs> advice, Anthony, as we go through this. But you know, what are some things you'd encourage the husband to do to make sure they're not leaving behind a financial mess for their wives to have to clean up later? That's a great question. And it is something that, like I said, I take an interest in this and I'm very perceptive of, you know, what that dynamic is. So if the person, the male spouse is coming in unaccompanied, that's one of the first questions that we're asking. Is it just they couldn't get off from work or they have no interest? You know, what's the reason for them not being here and vice versa? If it was uh, a female coming in, I would ask the same question. And I always encourage for them to be there together because it affects both of them. Even if you're not having one of the spouses wanting to be in an engagement at all. But what I generally will always say is bring them into the meeting, even if they have no interest at all, at least if they sit there, we can still ask them the questions and moderate it and just, just to make them feel more inclusive, even if they're not interested. And maybe they were interested 
originally, but maybe got turned off to the process at some point. So maybe we can help them re-engage. And I've seen that happen so many times from people bringing the spouse that's not that interested in this to now by the fourth or fifth meeting, they're really engaged and, and happy that they started to come into these meetings. They need to know if you're not here, you know, what to do. So provide them some type of specific instructions if they're not going to be involved in that process. So one of the things that I've done in my own estate documents is to write a letter to Dana as to what to do and who to go to. And she knows some of our other advisor friends. And there's a list of three advisors that I'm good friends with that I trust that would help point her in the right direction if I'm not here, along with the passcodes to all the accounts. So those would be some things that I would definitely recommend as, as written instructions. And I would say, make sure that you're talking through some of these things, even if they're not that involved with it or don't want to know, but just say, hey, you know, I have these pension options where there's a lot of options here. Some of them are you know, single life only there if it's just me or joint options and review the life insurance stuff together if you have it. And even maybe let the advisor also know what to do in case you're not here you know, in order to help the spouse who's not as involved, you know, to get them up to speed sooner than later. Communication is always the key, right? Yeah. For, for everything in our relationship. 100%. So, all right, well, let's, let's close it out with maybe uh, an example to share with listeners. Is there any kind of uh, time that you can think back to or where you maybe had a widowed or divorced woman that came in looking for help, you know, maybe struggling with trying to track down some of these things, or maybe just, you know, maybe feeling helpless because, they hadn't communicated as much throughout the process, but you were able to step in and help make a difference. Certainly, yeah. uh, about two years ago comes to mind when I it was a, not a client at the time, but was referred to me by a client to see if I could help. But basically what happened is that the husband kind of took care of everything, all the finances, and she was never involved. He retired from work with a pension. He chose a single life option, which just means basically that the pension only pays while the husband in this case is alive and that they purchased a life insurance policy that was supposed to kind of supplement the spouse if something happened to the husband. Well, without telling the spouse, he decided to stop paying the life insurance policy and actually passed away two months later. And so sounds like obviously a terrible situation. That's yeah. when the client you know, asked if maybe I could try to help out in any way. She had never been involved with working with any of the advisors, no relationship with them. So it was a tough situation for her. So we were actually able to help her to get the insurance money because he didn't cancel the policy. He just stopped paying it. And we were able to get it back into in, uh, in force and kind of, talk about what happened there and from a billing standpoint. So they still did pay, but it still didn't kind of wipe out the difference going from a $150,000 pension to a zero pension, which is why a lot of times I generally like to see a joint and survivorship option. But in any case, we were able to kind of help her with making the financial decisions going forward, putting a plan together, you know, where there is no pension and to maintain a similar standard of living that she's been used to. And, and she seems to be happy with it. And now she's much more engaged in the you know, financial planning process going forward. 
Well, that's great to hear. And, you know, I wanted to hear that because anybody that's listening that maybe you know, is worried about these challenges or some, the road ahead potentially, you know, there are there are ways to get help and get solutions and, and build a plan that you feel comfortable with. will give you confidence and you don't have to worry. I mean, that's what we all want to make sure that we're not worrying about our finances as we get later in life and into retirement. So it's good to know. And again, I'll point you to Anthony's website, cardinalwg.com. And also you can call him at 609-605-2808 and you can get in touch with him and set up a time to to meet with him and go through some of these things. And if you're a couple, you know, make sure you're on the same page. I mean, you actually would encourage too, right? If you are a couple, Anthony, to, do you encourage them to come in together the first time? How do you treat that? Yeah. I mean, at any point, if we can get them both to come in, but if only one comes in, then we'll certainly try to encourage them to start to bring the other spouse at one of the following meetings as, you know, as soon as possible. And if it's, we even offer to have separate phone calls or meetings with the other spouse who wasn't able to make it if it's from a scheduling standpoint or maybe to address their concerns in private at first to make them feel more comfortable. Again, we see it a lot, honestly, and and so that's something that I'm really mindful of. Very good. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, let's turn now to the mailbag and answer a couple of questions before we finish out today's podcast. And let's begin with Frank. I like this one. Can you explain the rule of 100? And is it something that you believe in? Sure. With regards to the rule of 100, it's basically a way to help somebody to figure out a target investment allocation, meaning how much they should have in stocks versus bonds. So if you're 60 years old, and you subtract that from 100, that would leave 40. And 40%, the remainder, is how much should be in stocks. And your age would be how much you would have in bonds. I do not believe in using the rule 100 as a way to figure out somebody's allocation. I would just look at it as maybe kind of a rule of thumb that was developed at some point, but I think that really having a plan that helps you figure out what's your minimal rate of return that you need to, you know, take on the least amount of risk to get there. You know, you can go through risk tolerance questionnaires, but I think at the end of the day, looking at a financial plan, it's going to be the best way to help determine what the right mix of, you know, stocks and bonds are at the end of the day. Yeah, you want to have a customized solution would be the way to go, Frank. But thanks for the question. And we'll probably talk more about that on our next episode as well. So make sure you hit subscribe and we'll go through some more rules on all things retirement. We got one more question. It comes in from Christy. I'm about to get married this summer. It will be a second marriage for both of us. Are there any financial issues I should be thinking about before entering into a second marriage like this? Yeah, this is certainly a pretty common one that you're seeing today and it's been happening for some time. And we definitely come across this. And some of the things that we definitely want to make mention to is what happens, you know, to the assets when you guys are gone. You know, do you want those assets to pass to one another, the newlyweds, or do you want it to kind of say, I want my portion to go to my kids or my other beneficiaries in that? And to just make sure that you're updating those estate documents to reflect what you want. On top of that, I would be thinking about power of attorney, healthcare directive. Is that something that you want the new spouse to be making those decisions? Or do you want your kids because they've been there a lot longer? I've seen it fluctuate 
or differ in a lot of different situations. You definitely want to make sure you update beneficiary designations. You could have the old spouse being elected on there on say your IRA and you have different intentions now that you're going to be remarried, but those beneficiary designations supersede the estate documents. And I would say the last thing is just from a financial planning standpoint, I see it happen in all different ways, but just are you guys going to look at those assets together or separately? Have the conversation, identify what makes the most sense for you. Sometimes people say, hey, I'm going to handle these finances and you handle those finances and we're going to kind of keep everything separate. But, you know, we'll do it kind of together and you can run two separate you know, financial plans to do that or kind of combine it. And you have other times where they say, no, we're, we're marrying and that's a part of being married is to bring everything together, all the assets together, and we want to you know, go at this together. So those are, I think, the three or four points that come to mind that we always bring up for sure. Great. And I hope that helps, Christy. Uh, we definitely want to sit down and have those conversations with a financial professional if you can, and um, you can do that with Cardinal Wealth Group. They're available over the phone, 609-605-2808, or you can visit them online at cardinalwg.com. There you can also find a tax-free retirement toolkit that you can uh, request right now and get sent to you. So that'll be very helpful for anyone. But we want to thank you for the questions today. If you ever have anything on your mind, you can send them in to us via the website, and we'll try to get to them on future episodes. But uh, I think it was a good conversation today, Anthony, and hopefully we helped some women out there. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take care. Thanks, we'll talk guys. to you uh, on the next episode. And make sure, again, as you hit subscribe for us, do all that next one delivered to you. We'll have a new episode in just a couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.